Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Believe in UCLA podcast, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Sam Conan, and I am joined once again by Travis Reed, former UCLA men's basketball player. So Travis, how are you doing today? Good, good, man. It's good, good, Sam. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, UCLA football not doing so good on the other hand <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about that what happened against utah out in salt lake uh and, and then how that kind of impacts chip kelly and jerry Azanaro, the whole coaching staff out there we'll we'll break all that down and then uh on a, a bit more of a hopeful note for ucla fans uh men's basketball starts its season pretty much this week got an exhibition coming up we just had a secret scrimmage over the weekend and uh We'll, we'll, we'll dive headfirst into that, what the lineups could look like, what the personnel is going to be. So some, uh, some bad news and some good news, I guess, is what we'll be breaking down today on Believe in UCLA. So I guess we'll start with that Utah-UCLA football game. UCLA loses 44-24. Looked close in the, the first half, most of it, until that little stretch, and maybe a little chance late, but overall not that great of a performance. What do you think, Travis? I thought the same what you thought. I thought, you know, they, they played hard. It was a, a snowball effect. And the problem was the first quarter was close. And then they did the tribute with the family out on the field to the two, uh, uh, you know, passed away players from Utah. And, you know, to me, when you showed like their mom crying and things like that, it was a situation where I felt that Utah was going to win uh, because the emotions of that, Football is an emotional sport, and that kind of emotion can either drive a team or drain a team. And what it did was it drive them. And the next thing you know, they went, it was scored 21 points in the second quarter alone or something like that. Yeah. The next thing, and it was like 28 to, to 28 to 10 or seven, whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, I could see that because they were just running. You see, they usually is pretty good against the run. And and in Utah is not even really a great running team, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that run defense was a major problem. They they rushed for 290 yards. I think the most anyone's got on UCLA in at least a couple of years. Uh, but definitely this season, they came into the weekend. I think they were allowing less than 100 yards per game, something around 96, 97. And Utah just came out and tripled that. So <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. that's never a good sign when a team can just beat you down at your strength. It's not like they're taking advantage of your weakness. You can almost expect teams to pass on UCLA like like teams have in, in this year and past years with the secondary not being so great. Uh, but mm-hmm. to kind of have your one strength taken away like that, that's that's tough. No, I agree with you 100%. I thought they, like I said, they made the, the running back from Utah – 
Uh, we just had like four touchdowns. I was just yeah, like, Tavion Thomas. Tavion Thomas. I was like, man, is he? Uh, is that <laughs> Tavion Thomas? Is that Walter Payton out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it, the the ground game for UCLA wasn't even all that great too. I mean, Charbonnet had that thirty yard touchdown run. That that was good. But other than that one play, he looked kind of off. Britton, Britton Brown was good, but he never really had that play where he broke off a big one like he did against uh, against Arizona like he has in the past. So uh, it, things just really were not going their way in the trenches. That, that's tough to get out physical and kind of beat up by, by a team like Utah. Well, Utah has always been a physical team. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been a physical mm -hmm. team for years now. If you notice, uh, they have a lot of guys in the NFL on that defensive side because they've always been a physical team. Utah's a it's uh, it's one of those places that's, you know, at least seems compact and is very, very tough to play at. Uh, you see a lot of teams have, you know, uh, problems there. Um, and like I said, I think the, the fact that UCLA couldn't establish the run, it, and they put a lot of pressure on the, our freshman quarterback, you know. Um, you can't expect a freshman to come in first start, first game, to play in a hostile environment, uh, in an emotional environment, and just – we're going to throw it 50 times with him or whatever the case is. you got to balance it out with the running game. Yeah, definitely. And going to the environment you're talking about out there in Salt Lake, obviously things haven't gone too well for UCLA there in the past. 2019, they got blown out when they needed to win to stay in the race. Uh, 2017, when Josh Rosen didn't play, and, and that was a disaster. And now this time, I mean, Utah hasn't lost at home in front of a crowd. So taking out 2020 when there wasn't a crowd there. They haven't lost in front of their home crowd since September of 2018. So that is one of the probably the best home field advantage in the Pac-12. Uh, so so that's really, like you said, really tough to put on a, a redshirt freshman guy like Ethan Garbers, who had only taken a handful of snaps all year. And, and credit to him, he, he was pretty good. He, he had 62% completion. That one interception, it's not like it was an interception-worthy ball. It just kind of got tipped a little bit, not a – Great play, but you don't usually expect that to be picked off. And then mm -hmm. had a couple touchdowns, was pretty good with his legs, scrambling. So overall, I mean, he was he was not the problem. So th that's at least a good thing for this UCLA team moving forward. No, definitely. I think uh, they have a they have a good quarterback for the future. Whatever Thompson, uh, quarterback Thompson does, you know, decides to go pro or stay or whatever, I think that uh, UCLA does have a good quarterback for the future. And whatever future uh, holds for the coach, you know, Coach Kelly, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think that this year, I know that everybody was kind of expecting like a, you know, nine and three, 10 and two kind of year, or whatever for UCLA, because they got all these transfers. But they've been in all the games. I mean, the Fresno State loss looks pretty bad, I think. Uh, but Fresno State's not terrible. Uh, yeah, they're they I think they're 25th in the country in the poll that just came out yeah, today. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're if if that was your only loss, you'd feel good about it. But sadly, uh, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think you know Utah lost, but I mean, I, I just feel like they they lost some games they should have won. You know, they lost some games that they should have won. And they, in all honesty, I really feel like they should be like seven and three minimum. You know, maybe even eight and two. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing where a lot of these games. They they just can't beat teams that are better than them or on the same level. They can compete with them, but unless they're playing an inferior opponent, they're just not going to win. I mean, Stanford turns out is not that good. LSU is not that good. 
Hawaii, we kind of knew at the moment, wasn't really that good. Uh, Washington came in really, really cold. Arizona hasn't won a game. So all those all those wins are really don't have a quality win. So that's that's tough. And I, I think that'll take us pretty well into the next segment here, talking about uh, Chip Kelly. He um, is 15 and 25 as UCLA's head coach. That he has the worst winning percentage of any UCLA football coach, uh, I think ever, if if not definitely since Terry Donahue in the mm-hmm. mid late nineties. Mm-hmm. So that's not great on his record. He has a a big off season coming up because next year he is under contract at UCLA, but he does uh, his buyout, his six seven million dollar buyout goes down to zero after January. So. What happens to him? Is he fired in November? Do they wait until after the buyout? Does he stick around another year? What do you think, Travis? What What would you do right now? If I'm UCLA, I let him finish. Uh, but to be honest, like I think this is kind of the worst year for them to have a, a vacancy of coach. Let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU and USC are two open vacant spots that we know of right now. Now, there could be more open, you know, but if you figure the top, top coaches are going to go to, quote, unquote, LSU and USC because they have a bit, you know, they have the name, right? And now let's just say uh, the coach, you know, coach of Penn State uh, goes to SC, and so Penn yeah. State's open, you know, and that's another top coach going to Penn State. And, you know, UCLA be getting, like, you know, the, the, the scraps off of that. Now, if they can get maybe the head coach of Cincinnati, you know, to come to California, <laughs> something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad deal. Right. I know. But it, I think uh, it's a hard year. It's a hard year for UCLA to fire Chip Kelly. It's going to be interesting to see, like I said, I think if they – if they win, let's just say they win these next three. They beat, mm-hmm. you know, they beat SC. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I forgot the other two games they have left. Yeah, Colorado is coming up uh, after the Colorado. bye week, and then Cal to end the season. If they win these next three, instead they go, they're eight and four. They win the bowl game, whatever bowl it is. They're nine and four. Maybe you keep them for another year because they won nine games. Uh, but if they they lose one of these next three. And they go into a bowl game like six and six, seven and five, and it's just time. Then it's just you've given them, you know, multiple years to kind of get it going. It never really kind of it got a little bit of traction this year, but it didn't fell back into what UCLA football sometimes is, which is good, but not quite there yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, well, the financial part of it is one thing. Who who knows what the the, the athletic department didn't do great in the pandemic, obviously, because none of them did. But even before that, wasn't wasn't looking great. They were in the red for a bit. So how much does that weigh into the decision for Martin Jarman at the top? That that's that's a question that he has to look into really mm-hmm. in depth. Mm-hmm. But then also, uh, like you said, if they win three more games and they go eight and four in the regular season, honestly. That's not that that's not good enough for me because <laughs> You're a tough I, and, crowd, tough yeah, crowd. <laughs> it's funny because before the season, before the season, I said eight and four, he'll keep his job. That'll that'll kind of like quiet people down. That's a pretty good season. Mm. But if it's eight and four when you should be Fresno State, you you 
probably you should have beat Arizona State or maybe I mean you lost that by a lot in the second half, but it was ugly. And you you could have beat Oregon. So that's an eight and four that could have been a ten and two and mm-hmm. and a Pac-12 title. And you lose all these big games. That LSU game does not carry as much weight as you thought in the moment and all these things. And you add in the fact that you have all these returning guys, these experienced guys, these transfers, these four-year starters who are here they're all probably going to leave this year uh, in the off season, whether it's the NFL or just graduate, whatever they end up doing. Um, mm-hmm. And with all those guys going out, you're going to have to do a rebuilding year next year. That's fine. It happens in college football. It happens all college sports. It cycles through not a big deal, but if eight and four is what you do at your peak, then that's, that's not great because I mean, he's 15 and 25 now. He, let's say Chip wins his next three. It's still 18 and 25. Not good. And then next year in a rebuilding year, you're probably going to go, what, four and eight? So then that's yeah, yeah, at 20, yeah. 22 and 33. You're winning 33% of your games. Like, come on. That is just I – know, I know the standards here aren't USC high, but they should be much higher than that. <laughs> I agree. I think the, the issue – also another issue is this. Uh, the football team – is at a level and the problem with them is the basketball teams at another level now mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the basketball team being so far ahead, number two in the country, went to the final four last year, has all this buzz and starting to get the talent. The UCLA wants their football team to kind of be on that level. You can't be one super high and one terrible. Uh, it has to be at least, a little bit of a, a balance. I'm not saying they will get to number two in the, in the country and anything like that, but they got to be at least, you know, like you said, like a nine and three, a 10 and two, you know, maybe 10 and three kind of season. They can't, it can't be UCLA basketball on one whole level. And then a the football team on a, like the bottom tier level. Yeah. It's an interesting thing you bring up. Cause I haven't really thought of it that way, but then you look back to when they fired Jim Mora, and back in 2017, that was coming off the Lonzo Ball year, and there's a lot of hype around the program. You had mm-hmm. you had five stars, Jalen Hands and Chris Wilkes coming in. You had you had the next Ball brother here. Obviously, mm-hmm. things went wild with China, and Offer got fired the year after. But at that moment, when Mora was fighting for his job, it was another time where UCLA basketball was was looking was, big. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I yeah I, I I like the way you're thinking. Where it's maybe there's some kind of correlation there where. It maybe the the expectations of one impact another. That's probably not all that out of the out of out oh, of pocket. Yeah. Look, I would say this, and everybody knows this: football is the money maker for every school in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Even no matter what, how good the basketball team is, they make a lot of money. But football is the money maker, and your football team, if your basketball team is killing, your football team cannot be mediocre. There's only really one team, or maybe two, that I can think of that's powerhouse basketball every year and the football team is not as good as Duke and it's Kansas. Usually they're both really, really good in basketball, but not so good in football. Yeah. Um, I think that UCLA, California, you have to be, it's too much to do here, you know, for your football team not to be good. Yeah. And especially in LA, Southern California, all the talent around all here. All the talent is too much talent. We can Think how much talent is was playing. We got, I mean, uh, Clemson's not good this year, but like Clemson quarterback is California. Alabama quarterback went to St. John Bosco, right? Ohio State quarterback is from California. JT Daniels from SC is at Georgia. I mean, we got all this talent. 
you know? Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll save for next week. All this recruiting talk, but wow. I mean, they just got a good quarterback and Justin Martin to, to their next class. But the funny thing is you add a good quarterback like that and that moved their uh, recruiting class up to 41st in the country. Come on. How can you be that <laughs> low? That's yeah. a, a topic for another day, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I want to go back before we move on to the next uh, and final uh, topic here to what you were saying about the, just because of the timing with other jobs opening up with uh, USC, LSU opening up. I have to say that might be some kind of a blessing in disguise because the the biggest names, the highest money makers, highest earners, they'll take those USC LSU jobs, those Penn States, the TCU just opened up today. They're Gary Patterson just uh, just stepped away from the team. There, there are a lot of uh, really high profile jobs in power five teams. Uh, and you'd think that would kind of hurt UCLA when it comes to competition in the coaching search, but Honestly, after what happened last time where UCLA gets the biggest biggest fish on the market and Chip Kelly and totally flopped, maybe <laughs> they don't want to go get the biggest name out there next time. Maybe they go get a, a coordinator. They get like a, a an up-and-coming guy, someone with a good – just I don't know. He's got good momentum. He's got a good scheme. He's got a good recruiter, uh, stuff like that, where maybe you're not going for the biggest name brand or – whatever it is. So someone like Cincinnati's coach, Luke Fickle would be great, but who knows if he's leaving how much it would take to pull him away. But yeah, honestly, yeah. It, I, I don't need the next chip Kelly. I need, <laughs> I need a, an, I need someone I haven't heard of yet. <laughs> no, no. Think about UCLA's basketball team. Mm-hmm. He was like the fifth choice, you know? Yeah. Yep, like they, you, they, you know, UCLA wanted, you know, they, they quote unquote, you know, made an offer to uh, Kyle Perry, and mm-hmm. uh, I can't think the coach of Villanova. I mean, yeah, the right. It was, it was uh, yeah, Rick Barnes from Tennessee, uh, Jamie uh, Dixon from TCU. Yeah, they, they had yeah. a, they had a bunch of offers out there, things that almost came together. Yeah. And I think about that, like the fifth choice guy is the best guy for you. It's the same thing that happened with SC with Pete Carroll. He was like the fifth choice. And <laughs> then, Oh my God, we don't want this guy. He got fired twice in the NFL. You see, SC became a, a power. And that's how UCLA got to think about it. Like, you're probably right in a way. I think that, like, the high power names will go to the LSUs and the SCs and TCUs. And then maybe UCLA can focus their search, kind of condense it to, like, their kind of guys that they want. I mean, uh, I don't, I can't think of anybody besides the coach of Oklahoma that I would just be like, oh my God, go get him. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say my, my favorite guy would probably be, and his, uh, his stock's probably a little lower now than it was even two months ago, but, uh, Eric B he's the, uh, offensive coordinator for the chiefs. He was a, he, he played at UCLA. He, he coached his, uh, just kind of an assistant a little bit at UCLA. If they could get him back, he's on the younger side, obviously working with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, good young offensive mind. He's not super young anymore, but uh, it'd be fresh blood, and that that would be someone that would be really good to add. And he's someone who's probably going to get a head coaching job this cycle, whether it's in the NFL or college. No, he, look, as a recruiter, if I'm going into – if I'm a recruiter, I'm going to your office, right, your, your, your house. Mm-hmm. And I tell you – Son, you're, he say you're a quarterback. Who's the best quarterback you like? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> right? I coached him for three years, right? 
You know, I know what he does. I know the system. I know Andy Reid's system. I'm going to bring it to college. You can be Patrick Mahomes. It's a great recruiting uh, tool. I promise you, you will get the top recruits uh, if you bring somebody who knows the NFL game to college. It's, that's what it is right now, if you notice. A lot of colleges mm-hmm. and NFL is kind of becoming inter, inter, intertwined in a way because NFL is running a lot of college stuff. College is running some NBA, NFL stuff. So I think that that would be a home run hire, home run hire for UCLA. Yeah, that's that would be really interesting. It'd be fun to see that happen. But who knows? Maybe Chip Kelly wins three in a row, wins a bowl game, and, and none of this matters, and we'll have to wait another two years <laughs> after they extend him and then eventually fire him then. So. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> didn't that happen with SC? Uh, didn't that happen with SC? Dude was supposed to get yep. fired uh, three years ago. They went, you know, uh, Sam Darnold saves him. Yep. Goes 11 and 2, 11 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then he gets extended. <laughs> this yeah, is crazy. It, you are in a very interesting situation because if you have a great end of the season, you're going to end up having clay hilton 2.0 so (laughs) well we'll take that and move on to our last topic of the day we're going to talk some ucla men's basketball uh they got the exhibition against chico state coming up on thursday Mm -hmm. night Mm -hmm. uh they had the the secret scrimmage against san diego state but uh technically off the record who knows maybe it happened maybe it didn't (laughs) and uh yeah so season's actually starting we did did the preview episode a little bit ago but now it's it's real it's it's really real no no i uh the other day i watched uh i think was kentucky play uh, team, you know, like this. So I'm like, oh, wow. So people are, it's really, really starting to be time. And then they showed UCLA schedule, you know, they play Villanova really early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they, you know, like they had, they start off with some real tough games. The funny thing is they play my other college, Long Beach State, uh, yep. you know, you yeah. know, which is that really, is really like early too. A couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, how it's going to be. I think for them, the main thing for UCLA is this. Don't read your press clippings. Everybody's talking about how good you are. Your preseason number two in the nation. Uh, you were one shot away from the finals last year. In California and L.A. especially, it's a lot of press. Throw that out. This is the time to show everybody what you're really going to. I know the coach is going to make them, you know, he's going to make sure, Braswell's going to make sure that they're ready to go. But it's time for them not to think that they're better than what they are. It's gonna. It's a process, and it's gonna be like step by step. And it's gonna be some stumbles, especially with the schedule. Uh, yeah, cut through. You know, t- you know, cutthroat schedule, and that's what. And that's what when you're the best, and you have a name, you play the best. You mm-hmm. know, you play the Gonzagas, the Villanovas, the Marquettes. You know, and all these teams that you got to play early to see where you're at. And it's perfect for me. I I used to when I was in college. I used to love. Uh, I remember my first, my very first game, we played uh, North Carolina when they had Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And they beat us by like 30. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I just would say like, but it was a, it was a, a mirror, like to see how good you really are as a team. And I, I love the fact that UCLA is playing everybody. Yeah, that, that'll be huge. Obviously you got the Cal State Bakersfield's the first game, but then Villanova's right after that. So that's, that's the game we talked about it last time. That that'll uh-huh. be huge at Poly. But I, I want to go back uh, to this secret scrimmage. Uh, <laughs> where did they did they do the secret scrimmages when when you were here, Travis? 
No, they didn't do no. scrimmages. We we would have our we would scrimmage each other. Okay. And then by the time we played our first game, we were so happy because we would beat each other up for like a <laughs> month. <laughs> you know, our coaches be like, "Thank goodness that you guys are playing somebody else can beat somebody else up," <laughs> because it would be just imagine you know you got ten guys and they're going against each other every day in front of like NBA scouts. Uh, you see NBA scouts there, NBA coaches there watching you practice because you're UCLA. And so, like, you're going as hard as you can against your teammate. Now, you know you need them for the games, <laughs> but you're like, I'm going, I'm trying to get my minutes. I'm going to get more minutes, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, practice was hard. Practice was te- as hell, you know, especially in the beginning. Yeah. So what do you think the value is in these secret scrimmages? Is it to kind of let off that energy, let them beat up on someone to just kind of test that out before you do it in a real game? Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. I think uh, the coaches don't want you, the, 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 the team to hurt their own team. You know, yeah. they, they don't want that. If it's, if something happens, they'd rather you foul the guy from San Diego state hard rather than fouling your own teammate at UCLA hard. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. You uh, you, you see j- pictures of Jake Kyman from the past week. He's got a big black eye. So <laughs> I wonder if he caught an elbow from someone in practice. I'm, I'm telling you, and the way you know UCLA is they're physical. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, I think this would never happen when I was in college. I wish it did, but uh, like I said, we were so hungry uh, to play against somebody else because we would beat each other up every single day, twice a day. You know tough practice, tough practice. And so these scrimmages are good, are good, like, you know, good, te- not necessarily testers because there's no, you know, uh, there's no, no, no shot clock or whatever, not shot clock, but score. Yeah. But it's good. It's good to kind of get out and get it play against somebody else. It's a good thing. Yeah. And so I, I'm really curious at this point, what the lineup's going to be, because we haven't really got a read on it. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be on campus talking to Mick Cronin tomorrow. So maybe it'll come up. Maybe we'll see stuff in practice. Uh, but obviously you got Tiger starting, got Hyman, Johnny starting, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. That, those other two spots, you have a lot of guys who can take those two spots. So maybe it's, yeah. it's something in week one, maybe it's something by the start of conference play. Maybe it's something else by the end of March, but I mean, Miles Johnson was, it was a, he's on the watch list for the Kareem award for best center. And he might be coming off the bench. Peyton Watson, the five-star <laughs> freshman. Maybe he's coming off the bench behind Jules Bernard. Who who knows? Who who do you who would you put in those last two starting spots? And what do you think goes into that heading into a season when I mean Miles Johnson hasn't played with this team in a game situation, and neither is Peyton Watson. Yeah, I think you know to be honest, like you put the best chemistry out there, not the best talent. Okay. I think I think you always go with the, whatever five meshes the best, and if if it's the you know if it's the center the transfer come on in you know you start if it's the freshman come on in like whatever the best chemistry is that works because I would say this as far as talent and I've been on UCLA teams that had a lot of talent but necessarily not the right chemistry mm-hmm. uh, it, it'll win you games it won't win you a championship. It'll never win you a championship. Talent never wins a championship. Only talent with chemistry wins championships. I think UCLA team last year was the perfect example. They won the you won, they won necessarily the best talent, the most talented team, but they had probably the best chemistry in the country. Um, 
they were in the play-in game for Pete's sake. You know, it made it all the way to the final four. People thought they were going to lose to Michigan State. You know, yeah, and, and it was they were a, they were a, what a Jaime and one away from from losing that game. So you know, think you about know, that. People one forget that. The ball and yeah, <laughs> but so it, it'll be it'll be interesting because I I I'd probably bet that it'll be Cody Ryle and Jules Bernard starting in those two spots just to yes, start the yes. year because. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have everyone back. You might as well run it back with your same starting five from the end of last year when you went to the final four. And if, if the rotation gets mixed up, who knows? I mean, last year, uh, before Jalen Hill stepped away from the team, uh, Jalen Hill had a great 2019-2020 season, probably mm-hmm. better than Cody Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at the start of this, the, the 2020-2021 season, it was Cody Riley was starting. Jalen Hill wasn't that, getting that many minutes. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe Cronin really likes Cody Riley or, or maybe he sees something in Miles Johnson. He didn't see in Jalen Hill and switches it back. Who knows? But I think at least at the very start, we'll get Riley in the post and we'll have Jules Bernard at kind of a, a wing kind of role. I think that's, you know, it's, he has something that he he's never had at UCLA an abundance of talent, a depth of yeah. talent. I felt mm-hmm. like last year he had like a solid seven guys that he kind of stuck with, you know, and these are my seven this year. He, he, he might play 10. He might go five and five. You know, you just, there's so many guys he can go to because now they're starting to get in the talent along with the players that they have. So it's a, it's a good thing to have, but it's also a hard thing to have because you got to keep, he doesn't necessarily have to keep everybody happy, but uh, I think it's a great thing for us competition wise, right? Uh, you're going to have to go hard to practice every day. You're going to have to show how good you are in the game, every game, every play. Because it, it, oh, if you ain't playing it, oh, sup, boom. You know, if you ain't playing it, oh, sup, boom. You know, and mm-hmm. I think uh, that's that's a good thing because it keeps you as a player. And I'm just speaking from a player's perspective. Uh, it keeps you working harder and harder because you don't want to be the guy that's one, letting your team down, but two, getting subbed out because you're making mental mistakes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There, uh, it's there's a lot of internal competition when you have this much talent on the team. So I, I I'd like to think that these guys know how to handle that and know mm-hmm. how to handle it well with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I guess we'll see how it goes. The the one thing I feel like we're probably going to see this week uh, in that exhibition, maybe even in the season opener next week, might see a little bit of two post offense and having two big men in there because they didn't really have that at all last year, but now. Mac Etienne looks a lot bigger and stronger, a little more developed. Mm-hmm. And you got Miles Johnson and you got Cody Riley. I feel like maybe maybe you won't start with two of them out there, but there, there will be oh. lineups where two of them will be out there. I'm looking forward to that. When they play Gonzaga, I promise you it will be two big men out there. I promise you for sure. Because Gonzaga is big, right? Yeah. You know, they, they're like 6'10", 7 feet, 6'7", you know? Mm-hmm. And you, you, UCLA is going to go big. Uh, so you'll see those big lineups against the bigger teams, maybe against Villanova to be the reverse. It might be a four out one in kind of thing because yeah. Villanova is not necessarily as big uh, as a Gonzaga. But, but it, like I said, he can, his matchups and his lineups he, right now is experimentation time, experiment, experimentation. So he can switch guys in, switch guys out. Now the main guys will be the main guys. Like you said, um, I think, you know, the three guys who probably will start, will start. And then they'll, like I said, they'll rotate the other two in, you know, just depending on what happens in the game, what happens at practice, whatever the case is. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. I tell you this, <laughs> I haven't been, 
I haven't been this excited for UCLA probably since uh, Westbrook and, and, and Kevin Love the year, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, a lot of hype behind this team and for good reason with everything that happened and a pretty pretty good offseason, all things considered, with all the talent coming in and coming back. So that'll definitely be really fun to watch. So keep an eye out for that Thursday night. Uh, that'll pretty much be it for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere. Uh, you can follow me, uh, Sam Conan at Sam Conan on Twitter. I'm writing for All Bruins on Sports Illustrated. You can go find that site online. Just looking up UCLA Sports Illustrated. Uh, Travis, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, at Travis W. Reed on Instagram and the same thing on Facebook, uh, Travis W. Reed, if you want to follow me on both platforms. Perfect. So stay tuned for more episodes. We'll be coming out Monday mornings. Uh, We'll be talking UCLA football, UCLA basketball, anything that comes up. It's a big time of year. And uh, Travis and I will be on top of it. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you later. All right. Peace. Go Bruins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Saving money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.